It was fun being out there on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Kind of went from the extreme long day with doing the show Friday morning, of course, getting ready for two broadcasts, bringing you softball and baseball. And Saturday kind of trimmed it down, just did the baseball game in the afternoon, went and covered the Rowdies at Al Lang Stadium while Jay was on softball. And then Sunday, just one game. What was that? <laughs> Actually had some time with the family in the morning. And unfortunately, none of the softball action resulted in a victory for the Bulls. We tried to tell you, UCF came to town as the ranked team, as the hot team, and actually for the first time in their now 18-game winning streak, the Knights did not get a run rule in three straight games. So that was an advantage for the Bulls. They really did cool the Knights' offense down, but unfortunately, well, UCF was averaging 8.8 runs per game in the first 15 of the winning streak. Did not get that many in any game against the Bulls, just averaged five, and shows you how good Georgina Cork is, while at the same time showing you how good UCF's offense is because they beat Cork twice. In fact, Cork entered the weekend 22-1, and having allowed a total of three runs, she would give up a total of eight runs in two games. It didn't look like she was going to be giving up many runs. She was cruising along at the beginning. The Bulls were getting a run in the first inning. Alexis Johns, their outstanding leadoff man, walked on five pitches, steals second, ground ball moves her over, and then she scores actually on a double steal. But that was pretty much the only way the Bulls were getting runs this weekend. They didn't get a bunch. They had to manufacture most of them, except... For this particular run, which really had things going in a positive direction. Three. Drills that one to right field. has got a chance going back on it and watching it sail out of here as the right fielder. Correct. And her propensity to hit dingers continues. It's two to nothing. Pounds her chest and says, let's go. We could tell the crowd was into it. It was lively. It was awesome. Actually, not many people made the trip from Orlando, which I give them on a Friday. I'm probably not making that trip over either. But the problem was the Bulls could not score any more. In that first inning, if you really go back to it, they had two on, and Gianna Mancha was able to strike out Vivian Pond and Madison Epperson. And considering the fewest runs they had scored in their 15-game winning streak was five, you just didn't think 2 nothing was going to be enough. And sure enough, a big-time hit. Denali Schopaker doubles to the wall to put two runners on, and she would make an incredible play as the Knights would tie it up. And that ball is chopped high, and the Bulls will have to give up a run, and they may give up two. They're going to send the runner, Rivera, to the throw home, and they get her, and oh, oh, she's safe. Foreman fumbles the ball away, and they at least get the out at third, but this game is tied. Here's what happened. The ball chopped over Desmaldonado, and she fumbled it away. Runner came home. Foreman thought she had the tag, but they say that Schopacher slid around it for the second run. Foreman at least gathered herself back to get the out at third base, but it's 2-2. Schopacher, an incredible slide to get around the tag of Foreman. If she makes that tag, which it looked like naked eye, she did. It's 2-1 with just run, runner on base and two outs. And what a pivotal change that was. And then Kennedy, Cersei, homers in the top of the six off of Corrick. Justine Molina would put it away with two RBI on a double to the wall in the top of the seventh. Molina is a player who basically was their eighth best hitter, only was playing because at least Volpe was hurt earlier this season, and she's still really good, Molina, and is an outstanding second baseman, and the Bulls take the loss. Then it was just tough on Saturday. No highlights from this one. What you feared could happen did as far as the walks. UCF came into the weekend leading the nation in walks 
and the story was which team's East Carolina transfer pitcher would pitch better. Answer was on the other side. Kama Woodall, who originally is from Springstead, went to NC State, then went to ECU, and now is at UCF. Five innings, wasn't great, gave up a couple runs, but could have given up a lot more. The Bulls were 1-for-10 with runners in scoring position, while Pepping just had issues. She gave up a homer to Shannon Doherty with two outs, looked like she was maybe going to get out of the first inning, then walked a couple right after that. Ended up walking three, did not make it out of the second inning. Lexi Kopko came on, gave up three unearned runs, and Antoinette Hill actually gave the Bulls four and a third innings, just allowing one run, and it was unearned. Yes, four errors. It was a rough day for the Bulls. Megan Piero at second base, just uncharacteristic, booted a couple in one inning. The Bulls committed three errors in one inning, and UCF gets the win, 7-2. to two. Alexis Johns did score both runs for the Bulls, and again, it was manufacturing type stuff, similar to how they scored their run in the first inning in the first game, but they were down 2 nothing after the top of the first, and they were down 7-1 before she scored again in the fifth inning. So, Georgina Cork saved the day on Sunday. She pitched her heart out, but the Bulls, no runs this time against Gianna Mancha. Ken Erickson tried to go with a little bit of a different lineup with some slap hitters at the bottom of the order. That didn't work out. The Bulls were 0 for 3 with runners in scoring position. That basically all came at the end. In fact, the Knights were 0 for 2 with runners in scoring position because they didn't get many runners in scoring position. They would homer. They got one from Cersei again in the first inning. And then in the sixth, Jada Cody, one pitch after a hit batter, makes it. 3 to nothing. Cody leads the nation in RBI. She actually only had two hits this weekend. Still is batting 367. They are dynamite offensively. And Corrick actually, again, did a great job of holding them down. Three runs is the fewest that the Knights have scored in their now 18-game winning streak. It got exciting in the bottom of the seventh when the Bulls got a couple runners on. And Ken Erickson eschewed the slap hitters approach and brought in a couple of potential Tying home run hitters off the bench, but Vivian Pond struck out in a dramatic at bat, and Megan Piero grounded out on a full count pitch there. If she had walked, would have had the bases loaded, but Mancha deserves full credit on the other side. She went complete game against Corrick and the Bulls for two wins, 10 strikeouts yesterday. So, yeah, Georgina Corrick was the pitcher of the week for the first five weeks in the conference, and then last week it was Mancha, and guess what? It's going to be Mancha again this week. She and the Knights had all the fun. Seven straight wins in the series to even at 19 apiece and the first sweep ever. And again, we'll talk more about the conference when we go around the American later on Monday. And tomorrow we'll give you kind of an honest outlook of where the Bulls lie, take stock in some things for the team. Georgina Cork did not become a bad pitcher. Her ERA is still half a run and best in the country as far as regular starting pitchers go but yeah UCF's offense is clearly in a rhythm and they didn't exactly spray the ball all over the yard all weekend long they did enough of it though and certainly hitting the home runs against Georgina Cork despite her going deep UCF got to enjoy the victory tennis let's start off with Friday for the women getting to enjoy a couple of victories over the weekend we enjoyed talking to the head coaches on Thursday, and as Christina Moros told me, it was a good Houston team, but one she felt the Bulls had a chance against, and they get the win. They are now 5-11 and for the season, beating the Cougars, who came in 11-6. and 
the Bulls actually won the doubles point with Timmy, Margaret Timmermans, and Grace Schumacher, and their number three team of Celine Yalali and Laura Pellisset winning. Then in singles, Houston would actually grab the first point at the number six spot. Then a key moment when the Bulls won at the number five spot when Houston's player was injured. Now, that didn't hand it to the Bulls, but it certainly helped considering that Houston was winning at the number four singles spot. So the Bulls had the doubles point, got a second point when Houston's player had to withdraw, and needed still two more. And they were cruising at the first three courts. Pelissé at three, Schumacher at one. Both went in straight sets. Sierra Barry at two had won her first set six to one. So even without the injury on the other side, the Bulls were headed for a win. It probably would have been 4-3. Instead, it ended up being four to two. For the men, more the same. Winning the doubles point and then it coming down to nail biters in singles. They played 49th ranked VCU and 50th ranked Cornell. They lost on Friday but won on Sunday. Again, it came down to the number one doubles team of Rhythmic Balapali and Bruno Oliveira taking a tiebreaker, which they did nine to seven. But VCU needed to win four of the six singles matches and did. The key one came at number two, Chase Ferguson winning his first set, six love, but losing the match. VCU won each of the top four single spots. Like I said, more of the same. Alvin Todorica wins again his 12th in a row easily. Tom Pisani wins at the number six spot. But three straight set victories and really the swing match came when VCU was down six love after a set and won. And then Sunday, the Bulls again get the doubles point, but their number one team lost for the first time in 10 matches. However, Chase Ferguson and Vanyatsuk at the number two spot, Sergio Gomez Montesa along with Tudorica at number three. So the Bulls were ahead, and this time they hung on. Man, there were some close matches, but the two lopsided ones both favored the Bulls. Tudorica again gets a win along with Muniz. Tudorica, 6-love, six 6-4. Six so the Bulls had the doubles point, the two easy singles matches, meaning they just had to take one of the other four. And let me tell you, Cornell almost pulled it off, but the win was turned in by Chase Ferguson. He lost his first set, this time 6-1. Huge second set tiebreaker, 9-7, then rolled in the third 6-2 because Cornell would win the other two. 7-5 in the third set at the top spot, 6-2 in the third set at the fourth spot. And it was 4-all in the other match where the Bulls' Tom Pisani had won a second set tiebreaker, so they get a close win. Final score doesn't necessarily reflect how close it was, but a nice W for the Bulls. And now conference play to finish it off four on the road. Women's golf in Chattanooga, where after one round, they are in 10th place, but just one shot out of a group of four that was tied for sixth place and only nine shots off the lead of North Florida at six over the Bulls shot 15 over par. Led again by Melanie Green, who shot an even 72, tied for sixth, and then three Bulls all at five over. Morgan Baxendale, Leo Medeiros, and Juliana Camargo. And the men's team today at the Floridian Golf Club in Palm Bay competing in a field with some big-time schools. We'll tell you how they did on tomorrow's show. But that's the Monday version of Bulls Beat. Thank you for listening. I'm Derek Sharp.